0: hey t crew and welcome to a brand new episode of tea talk with sha today we're going to be talking about all the trending topics all over social media and the internet and we're also going to be doing a deep dive into the tasha k cardi b lawsuit you're not going to want to miss this episode stay tuned all right t crew let's get right into it because we have a lot of topics to go through today um, So the first one, of course, we got to start off with Kanye West, what's been going on with him and the most recent drama that went viral. Um, so basically Kanye West and Kim Kardashian are going through a divorce and a lot has been coming out in the media surrounding their divorce, what's going to happen to the kids, what's going on, um, with their multiple properties and just generally like what's going on with the couple as Kanye has been seen out dating Julia Fox and he's moved on, um, with her that she's an actress, um, she was just in that Adam Sandler movie, Uncut Gems. So people are seeing them spotted all over, um, doing photo shoots and really, um, super public. And then Kim is now dating Pete Davidson. So that's still going on. Um, you know and so these rebound relationships would kind of suggest that everyone has moved on but it doesn't seem like that is completely the case now recently Kanye sat down with Hollywood Unlocked shout out to Jason Lee and basically just talked about a lot of things that have been going on in his life and how this year specifically in 2022 he wants to take over the narrative and he wants to get his side of the story out versus letting the story play out in the media now his ex-wife and the mother of his kids is you know Kim Kardashian and so they are known for their media spin and being able to influence the narrative and the public as well as getting drug dragged in the public and through social media at some points but being able to kind of flip it and spin it So in this interview with Hollywood Unlocked, he talks about several things, um, one of which being getting a house across the street from his kids. Now in the interview, he says that when he was a child, his mom moved him to Chicago and his dad stayed back wherever they were living previously. I think he said Georgia, um, and so he wasn't able to see his dad that often. So in the divorce, he's focused on still being an active parent and still being um, in his child's life, which is something that a lot of people kind of speculated about when the news came out that he moved across the street to be near his kids. But the only thing with that is you can be near your kids a couple houses away or, you know, down the street or in the same neighborhood, but not on the exact same street across the street, because, That to me kind of seems controlling. Like you want to see who's going in and out of the house. You want to see who's allowed in the house and who's not and things like that. And it's kind of like as a divorced couple, you lost the privilege to know what's going on in the house to that level. But if you move across the street, it could be a loophole. But that's just my opinion. I know some people are like, let him be a father if he wants to be a father. And I completely agree with that. Um, because they do have four children that they have to focus on and they should be the main priority. So if this just makes it easier for them and Kim feels okay with it, then I guess it, I mean, cause let's face it, it's not like across the street, like we would think across the street, like a regular house, They're mansions. So there's still some type of level of privacy that you have because the houses aren't sitting on the street. The houses are pushed back. You know, you have to go up into the houses, um, from the curb. So there's that, and then, um over the weekend, cute little Chicago turned four, and Kanye alleged that he was not given the location of the birthday party now, after all the hoopla um because Kanye did go and post videos that went viral talking about he's not able to get the location of his daughter's birthday party, and it's gonna make her feel like he wasn't there for her, what you know what have you, whatever. Um, and so, uh, he was given the location of the party from Travis Scott. And then when he got to the party, he was also stopped at the door allegedly. And then, um, Kylie had to let him in to the party. So after everything had settled down, Kim did say, or camp Kim's camp, um said that she was told that Kanye wanted to have a separate party for Chicago and because he was having his own party she decided to do a joint party because uh Kylie's oldest uh daughter Stormy also had a birthday this week so Stormy and Chicago had a joint party Kanye said he was going to have his own party and because he was going to have his own party for Chicago he would not be attending um, this joint party that they were throwing. So she was just confused when he was trying to get all these details. Also, they're trying to pull, you know, the last minute things together to get the party together. And then Kanye is trying to get the address and claiming that nobody's giving him the address. And it just became, I want to say a misunderstanding, but then at the same time, I guess it was also kind of, um, done on purpose to the point where if you thought somebody was having another party, you're not really concerned with what they're saying or what they're doing because you're thinking that, all right, well, if they're going to do their own party, then I don't have to worry about contacting him today because he's going to do something else for Chicago down the line. Um, I just, you know what? I know it's going to be a probably a popular opinion, unpopular opinion, but I agree with Kim in this situation. Kanye is very unhinged. He does things when he feels like doing them. And I can completely see that he would say, you know what? I'm going to have my own party. Many divorced couples have their own parties for their kids. I know, um, Tyga and Black China would do that with their, with their son that they share and stuff like that. So the kids get used to having a party at mom's and a party at dad's. It's really nice when the parents can come together and throw joint parties, but if you're just not there yet, you're just not there. Um, earlier this week, he did a song with the game where he was talking about beating up um, Pete Davison and threatening him and stuff. So the maturity is just not there, in my opinion, for him to be able to do joint things and plan joint things together. So this is probably why he was excluded from the party and he planned on doing something himself. Um, now after the fact to be able to get the location and still go I mean the pictures are circulating and the videos are circulating that he was able to make it to the party the videos show him and Chris Jenner talking so it just seems like you know they were able to smooth it over but I think that he's um claiming to be a victim of people changing his narrative when now he basically is just saying I want to be the person to control the narrative against my ex. <laughs> like now he wants to be the one um to basically try to villainize her. And like I told my friends, you know, I've been going back I couldn't wait to talk to you guys about this um tea crew because I've been going just back and forth with my friends in the DMs about it because it, to me these two were made for each other. They're both manipulative. They're both um ones that want to be seen in a certain light in the public eye there's no secret that you know kanye Wants to be considered as a genius, wants to be considered above the curve, and that, you know, everything he just moves on a higher wavelength. And I feel like that's how Kim feels as well. And they, you know, they just were a match made in heaven for as long as they were able to make it work. But now it's just, now it's going to be tit for tat until they can get some type of rhythm, especially as it pertains to the kids. So I don't know. I just feel like he really went off the deep end alleging that he wasn't invited and they're trying to keep him out of things and just, you know, Pete is in the house and I'm not allowed in the house and the security guards are keeping me from my children and I won't allow that. And, um, I don't know. He's trying to make people get on his side. I think when it came down to it now, most people are just confused about the location and then him being able to still go. And then some people are just so dead set on, a father, especially a black father that wants to be in their kid's life and the kids being used as pawns because we see that happen over and over again. But I will say, you know, it has to be a stable environment for the kids. If he can't have it be a stable environment for the kids, then, you know, Kim has to do what she has to do. That's just kind of the bottom line on that. All right. So I think we covered everything. Let's move on to the next topic. So more family feuds. Britney Spears has exposed her sister Jamie Lynn Spears after Jamie Lynn did an interview. So Jamie Lynn went and did this interview. She talked, I think for about 30 minutes or so about the conservatorship, what she knew about it and basically how it played a part in her life. And basically she went on to this interview to promote her book. Now, in her book, she talks about making a lot of mistakes. she talks about not knowing um, the ins and outs of the conservatorship like facts of um, Brittany not being able to have a cell phone Brittany um, having to be on birth control and not being able to have any more children and just things like that that she claims she had no idea about um Brittany has been very vocal um, since getting under her dad from out from under her dad's thumb. Uh, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago or months ago at this point that Brittany, uh, has a new conservator and it's no longer her father. So she has a lot more freedom. She can post what she wants on social media. She's been just like living her best life. And she talked on her social media about her sister, her relationship with her sister, that it's been strained. Um, that her sister did know a lot about the conservatorship but she was benefiting from it and that's why she really didn't speak up and she said specifically that Jamie Lynn was remixing her songs and performing her songs now i forgot that when Jamie Lynn was on Zoe 101 with like a Nickelodeon show she also did some singing and um when she was doing that singing she had remixed a couple of britney's songs this in particular really, really got to Britney because Britney wasn't able to pick her own music and stuff when she was on tour or whatever, everything was chosen for her. Everything was like made to be a certain way and she wasn't able to have any type of creative freedom over her music or who was performing it. So when her sister was performing her music, that was a big slap in the face for her and she really didn't appreciate it. And Jamie Lynn's response to all this is just to call her. She feels like the two of them haven't been able to have a conversation. And my opinion on the whole situation is during the conservatorship in the family, everybody chose sides, right? And Brittany was going through a lot at the time, you know, she had shaved her head. She was like beating paparazzis with umbrellas and all this stuff and after the documentary a lot of people had more insight into what was going on with her she really wasn't able to grow up normally I would liken it to like a Michael Jackson situation where it's like when you start off being famous as a child and you never really get a chance to develop into an adult and like have an adult kind of situation where you can learn to be an adult learn how to take care of yourself and stuff because you're always in the public eye she never really had a chance to do that so it's like an arrested development where she's still learning how to be an adult and take care of herself but you know she still needs the help but she doesn't need to be controlled she's still an adult um so it's like a thin line there but the family chose sides because the conservatorship fed the rest of the family. Everybody else that was in the family was able to benefit off of the conservatorship because the money that was coming in was going back out to pay family bills for Jamie's house and whoever else was living off of Britney, the dad, the mom. And so just recently the mom separated from the dad and, you know, it was just like this isn't right. We have to do what's right for Britney. So the family just chose sides. And I think Jamie Lynn ended up on the side of this will keep me comfortable in the lifestyle that I'm accustomed to. I'm not really like used to getting a you know two bedroom condo or an apartment and trying to live on my own. That's what it would mean if I go against the conservatorship. So I think at that point, you know, she had a baby at 16, Jamie Lynn. And, um, she had kids to think about, and she was just thinking about, you know, maintaining and surviving. So I definitely think people chose sides in the conservatorship. And I agree with Jamie. I hope that they can actually have a conversation and talk, but I think more than anything, Brittany needs to be heard and her opinion needs to be like voiced. I don't want, you know, her to get swept under the rug. Like we're family, just forget it. No, I think Brittany needs to say what she needs to say to each family member and from there, they can start to move forward. You know what I mean? All right, let's move to the next topic. Oh my gosh, these are all about families. I didn't realize. So Harry, um, Prince Harry has demanded the royal family pay for security during his upcoming visit. Or he's going to threaten legal action. So we all know Harry and Meghan had that groundbreaking interview with Oprah last year where they basically talked about how they did not feel comfortable in the palace and how they had to move out and kind of start their own thing in Canada to really feel secure as a family and a couple. Um, since then, Megan's had another child. So now they have two kids and they're going to be making a visit to the palace. And because of their status, they need to have security, um, with Harry moving out of the palace and, you know, kind of being denouncing his titles. And now he's going to be basically like a private citizen. The family doesn't feel like they should have to pay for security, but since he is still part of the family Harry is demanding it. And I can completely understand that he has two small children. Their faces are completely recognizable, even the kids. Um, And they need to have that extra security when they're going to be in the UK, especially to make sure that they stay safe and nothing happens to them on their trip. You know, people could just be having good intentions trying to get pictures or autographs or whatever, and just kind of run up on them and something could happen to the kids. They have two small kids. It's still, you know, we're still in a pandemic and you don't want people running up on them. Anything could happen. And the family really needs to make an effort to make them feel comfortable. I was really surprised by this because the queen seemed to be really um, disturbed by the um, claims that they were, you know, she felt racial racially um, judged when she was in the palace and things like that. And the queen, you know, hired that diversity chairperson to really work on um, their public image and also the way they think about things in the palace and how they're conducting themselves so for this to also be happening at the same time it's like I thought we were moving past this but I guess we're not they still feel some type of way about Harry moving to Canada and doing his own thing um so, you know, it's just sad. It's sad to see. I'm I, I'm curious to see what will happen after the Queen's death and Harry and um Kate move in as, you know, the official people. Like I, I wanna see like what changes will be made when we have a younger group of um people. In the royal family, if they're going to make any difference, it you know, if they're just going to, you know, make it more diverse, like what kind of changes are they going to make? Because it just seems like the current administration, I guess you could call it makes two steps forward and then one step back. When it pertains to Meghan and Harry, they're always, you know, pushed to the back. And I think it just makes Meghan feel like this is why we can't go back to the palace. This is why we have to do our own thing and separate from your family, because they are just not capable of giving us the things that we need as a family. It's just sad. I f- I feel bad for them. I really don't think this should even be an issue. If he needs security, of course he should have it. He's been on every single magazine since the beginning of time since he was literally a unborn child when he was in his mom's stomach. He was all over, you know, magazines and newspapers and stuff. He's part of the royal family for God's sakes. Of course he needs security. This should not even be a question. Like I am just so surprised. Um, (laughs) all right, let's go on to the next topic. So Nikki Gilbert has filed a lawsuit against Lionsgate and stars. According to Nikki, um, there are scenes from her stage play, soul, soul kittens, cabaret, um, that are identical to scenes from P Valley. Now P Valley was the breakout hit on stars that features um, the pink and a group of young adult dancers who work at the Pank and they live down in the Delta of Mississippi and they have all these different things going on. And it was created by Katori Hall and it was a stage play before it was a show. And because there was just so much going on in it as a play, it was picked up as a show and turned into, you know, a multi-season show that they're still working on releasing season two soon. I think things happened with COVID. So it got really delayed. There's been like a year or two in between the seasons, but it's supposed to be coming back soon. So I hope it is. I really like the show It was really good. So Nikki is saying that she shopped around, her um play soul kittens cabaret to many studios um you know after she was putting it on as a play and then thinking it could be turned into a movie or that it could be turned into a series so she basically is saying i was in the room with some of the people that worked on the stars um show with katori and they had taken some of my ideas but they didn't take my show they went with somebody else's show but then they took some of my ideas and put it into this other show if that makes sense right so nikki is over here with her play Soul Kittens Cabaret and she's shopping it around to networks she's saying that while she was shopping it around she was showing them different concepts different songs that she wanted to be featured like what it could look like she wrote a treatment like she was really trying to sell this show okay. Then the networks passed on it. They did not buy it, but they had already seen. So keep that in mind. They had already seen everything that she was planning to do. And they told her that at this time, they did not want to do it. Now, fast forward, maybe five or six years later, Katori Hall comes with another screenplay and, um, with a similar subject matter, but not the similar, not similar in, you know, what the contents were going to be. Then, Um, someone who worked on Soul Kittens Cabaret also worked on the screenplay Uh, on the play version that Katori Hall made of P Valley before it was turned into a show. So, you know, Nikki is just saying there's too many similarities there. I really feel like they took my work and they used it without including me and buying the show from me. They bought it from somebody else, but they still took some of my scenes and some of my intellectual property. So she's saying like, this was already something that belonged to me and they just took it. And to make, you know, add insult to injury, they showed some of the clips from the 2011 um, stage play and then they showed P-Valley and in comparison, there's no comparison. It's like a stage play that was recorded versus a multi-million dollar project that has been done by stars and produced and made into this whole like beautiful, glamorous show. You just can't compare the two and it's making her seem like her claims aren't valid when they actually could be. So we'll keep you posted on that um, more to come. And I you know if this is true, I hope Nikki gets some type of damages or that they just bring her on the show as a consultant. If they're actually using her work and it's good, like the show is really good. Maybe the solution here is just to bring pay her for what she's already done first off clean the slate start off right pay her for what she's already done and then bring her on as a consultant so she can continue to keep the show fire that's my opinion um a couple more topics here tiffany haddish is facing a dui Ugh, we hate to see it Um, after apparently or allegedly falling asleep at the wheel in Georgia, Tiffany Haddish, uh, was taken in for DUI charges and now she'll have to face those charges in a couple weeks before the judge, you know, I just feel for Tiffany. I know she had that public breakup with Common, her grandmother died and now she was really close with Bob Saget. Um, he was a mentor and a close personal friend to her. And he ended up dying in his sleep last week. We talked about that. So it's just a rough time for Tiffany. And um, just hope that she has good people around her that will just keep her grounded. You don't want to ruin this career that you have. She has so many projects she's working on. She has so many good things going. She inspires so many people just by being who she is. You know, she was a foster child. Um, She had a really hard upbringing, but just to be able to overcome all that, to become such a big star. She inspires so many people just by doing that. So I just hope that whatever is going on in this rough patch, you know, it it smooths over quickly and she can just get back to living the best life, living her best life, you know, the way she's uh, destined to. So prayers out for Tiffany and um, good thoughts. And then the last topic, uh Lori Laughlin's house has been allegedly burglarized of one million dollars in jewelry. Now, let's remember Lori literally, I think she just finished her sentence. She was accused and convicted of using a scheme to get her kids into college. I think USC was the college that her kid was trying to get into and they falsified the application and they did all this like shady business to get her daughter into USC. Um, And it was revealed and she had to serve time and all this stuff. And now apparently a million dollars in jewelry is missing that from her home. Uh, that she claims was stolen now everyone immediately thought <laughs> insurance scam when they saw this story people were even in the dms like dming me like this is a scam this is a scam this is the same girl from that um college scam now you would think that just coming off being sentenced and going to jail that she would not be running any scams anymore as it pertains to getting money or doing anything like that because they literally just went through this situation with scamming and cheating and doing all these underhanded things to get her daughter into college if she's scamming again but it would kind of make sense because you know after this situation happened with the college she did have to serve time and she was dropped from the hallmark show that she was on and then the fuller house reboot she was on that she was dropped from that so she really lost all her acting work as a result of being caught up in this scam so it would make sense that she would need money right now And maybe scamming the insurance company might be (laughs) the best way to go about doing that. Um, Because I guess apparently in order to have that insurance claim, you would have had to have had a million dollars worth of jewelry in the home. So maybe she sold that jewelry for extra income and now she's going to turn around and claim that it was stolen. I just feel like, you know, if that is what's going on, be careful because people are getting got out here. And you will be back in jail. And this time you can't stand in front of the judge and be like, this is not my character. I've never done anything like this. I'm not that kind of person. Because now you're really proving to be that kind of person. So if you did have a break in, you know, I hope that, you know, I'm glad nobody was hurt. And I hope that you do get the um insurance money for your belongings so you can replace them. But if this is another scam, girl... Don't do it, Aunt Becky. Aunt Becky, you know better. (laughs) And you need to stop. (laughs) All right, these have been this week's trending topics. Stay tuned for our sports report.
1: Hello, hello, hello out there, and welcome to the sports update with J-Rob. Today I will be covering NFL news uh nfl wild card weekend and i'll give you a preview for the nfl divisional round let's get started with nfl news the houston texans have fired head coach david culley after just one season his record was four and thirteen the New York Giants have fired head coach Joe Judge. His record was 10-23 and 23 over two seasons. Now let's get into what took place during NFL wildcard weekend. The Los Angeles Rams defeated the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams defended home field and won this NFC West matchup. The Cincinnati Bengals defeated the Las Vegas Raiders. The Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow played pass for 244 yards and two touchdowns. The Buffalo Bills embarrassed the New England Patriots. The Bills won this game by 30 points. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans caught nine passes for 117 yards and one touchdown. The San Francisco 49ers defeated the Dallas Cowboys. 49ers running back Elijah Mitchell rushed for 96 yards and one touchdown. The Kansas City Chiefs blew out the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes passed for 404 yards and five touchdowns. Now let me give you a preview for the NFL playoff divisional round. On Saturday, January 22nd, the Cincinnati Bengals will travel to Tennessee to play the Titans at 4.30. Also on Saturday, January 22nd, the San Francisco 49ers will travel to Green Bay to play the Packers at 8.15. On Sunday, January 23rd, the Rams will travel to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers at 3 o'clock. And the Buffalo Bills will travel to Kansas City to play the Chiefs at 6.30. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an awesome week
0: t crew this is my favorite part of the podcast this is the deep dive where i get to shine a light on something that i've been thinking about throughout the week or that i feel like doesn't get enough attention and today we're going to be talking about something that specifically pertains to me this podcast and you as the listeners so you're not going to want to miss this deep dive um so we're talking about the tasha k cardi b lawsuit y'all Tasha K has been sued by Cardi B for libel. And this really changes the game for all celebrity podcasters, bloggers, YouTube, anyone who uses their platform to talk about pop culture and celebrities. This affects this um, decision will affect us all um so basically let's get into the case a little bit so what happened was tasha k had made a series of videos about cardi b and in these videos she claimed that cardi b had um stis that you know she had been prostituting herself when she was stripping and other just really really uh slanderous claims that you know can be either proven or disproven so just keep that in mind right so these are not opinions. These are things that she was passing off as fact. Now Tasha had sat down with a um work person that had worked with Cardi when she was doing um when she was doing adult dancing or whatever. And this person gave Tasha the information. Now, Tasha later claimed that she did not believe everything that was being told to her by this source. But she figured, you know, Cardi B can afford the therapy and she's going to go ahead and um, put it on her YouTube channel anyway. Put the videos up. Now, Cardi B's camp and lawyers and legal team reached out to Tasha K and gave her a cease and desist, which basically lets the um, person that put up the video go back and take the video down. And that's literally the only thing that happens. If you get a cease and desist and you go ahead and take the video down, you know, you're like, okay, maybe this is libel or it could be slander, went too far. I'll take it down. That's usually the last part of the criminal the you know legal action, nothing else has to go on from that point. But Tasha did not take the videos down, they were making her a lot of money, very high in views and monetization, so she kept the videos up. Um, in doing so, Tasha opened herself up for a lawsuit because Cardi B went ahead and pushed forward with the libel lawsuit. So libel, unlike slander is when somebody talks about uh, your character or something that you've done that's a lie that can damage your career and your earning potential versus slander is like when somebody talks about you and it hurts your feelings and you know it you know you feel bad about it but there's no material damages right it's just you know hurt feelings uh, emotional distress or whatever, case, whatever the case may be, from the slander. But libel is saying I have material damages, like I have money damages, um, against this person because they have caused my distress in a way where I lost money, uh, in my business. So that's what she's suing her for. So the specific claims that she's suing her for are. Um, the STI comment, because again, this is something that can be proven. Cardi B was subject to a, um, STI test and basically, you know, because of HIPAA, they can't tell her, they can't tell her medical history, but the judge can look at it. And the judge's clerk can look at it. And they both looked at the results and they said, okay, so Tasha, this does not go towards your lawsuit. This will not help your lawsuit in any way. So we're not going to reveal the um results of the s t i test, but basically what that means is there was no herpes present, okay, let's just call space spade. There's nothing there um based on what you said, you said that you could prove that it was there, it wasn't there, so. That's basically what the judge was saying you now, this evidence that you said you had it doesn't support your case. We're going to move on now. Tasha had a counter lawsuit because you know Cardi B had gotten fed up, and apparently she claimed she was going to stick. Allegedly, stick people on Tasha, you know, threaten Tasha. And at the time, she was pregnant, and Tasha had to move and get out of town because of the threats that she was getting from people that were allegedly tied to Cardi B. This counter suit was thrown out. Um, for lack of evidence, Tasha wasn't able to connect these people threatening her to be associated with Cardi B strong enough for the case to have made it. So now with the countersuit thrown out, the only thing that's still open is Cardi B's suit against Tasha Keck. Now, after that, uh, Cardi testified towards the damages now, cause she has to prove that the actions that Tasha had against her caused her to lose money and caused her to have damages, you know, in her life or her business. So Cardi then testified that her quality of life went down, her mental health. Um, you know, she felt suicidal. She, um, wasn't able to really work. She didn't want to sleep with her husband. She felt like she didn't deserve to have her daughter. There was just a lot of things that were going on with her as a result. And she was not able to work. So she said that these claims really threw her into a mental, um breakdown where she was not able to live a normal life with her husband or she was not able to really parent her daughter or to work and have her music career and again Tasha just came back and said you know she thought she could afford therapy and they also have um recordings of Tasha talking to the person that she interviewed the adult dancer and she was basically saying you know I I really don't care because they're like you know Cardi's really getting upset about this. She's losing sleep over this. It's really affecting her. And Tasha said you know she really didn't care to the effect of she can afford therapy and I don't care. They actually have that on a recording, um. And they said that when the jury heard the recording, some people actually gasped. Like some people in the courtroom were like, <gasps> <laughs> and I was like, woo baby. So yeah, some people actually gasp when they heard that. So we're this this case is ongoing. Tasha's defense hasn't been able to put forth their case yet um but this is really gonna set a precedence because right now what's going on is there's basically a wall between celebrities and bloggers right like I talk about all types of celebrities on my podcast week after week but they're not calling me like hey Shara I didn't appreciate the way you talked about me ABC did it like they don't know me like they don't really and even when they kind of hear stories and stuff like that celebrities don't usually address the situation that's going on. It's more so like, oh, that's the media, that's bloggers, that's, you know, podcasters, that's YouTubers, they're over there and we're over here. But for a YouTuber, especially a big YouTuber like Tasha K over a million subscribers to be held accountable for one interview and one video and a series of things that she said that she knew were possibly not true, but she said them anyway, For her to be held accountable, this sets a new precedent in what you can actually say about celebrities on your platform. And that's why I want to talk about it because I feel like So often we play fast and loose. You hear something it's so juicy. You got to repost it. You got to say, you know, your opinion on it. You got to be the first to get it out there. And then on top of that, people are monetized. They're making money off of the lies. It's building up your business because you've become like the blogger, the podcaster, the YouTuber that will just repeat anything you've heard. I know specifically for me, unless I see the big ones and by the big ones, I mean like shade room or TMZ, or Hollywood Unlocked, Page Six, unless I see them posting something, I normally don't post it because I can always go back and be like, oh, this was from Page Six, or, you know, this is from Hollywood Unlocked, or this is a Shade Room exclusive. Like, you know, you always have that to kind of fall back on because, you know, you have to realize too, like, we're pseudo-journalists. Like, I'm not a journalist per se, but I do research on stories and I bring them to you guys. So in a way, I'm, I'm a journalist, like I'm reporting this information to you. And so when you're a journalist, you know, you have to have sources. You can't just, you have to have some type of integrity. You have to have some type of ethics to what you're going to repeat and what you're going to say to your audience, because you just never know. And my opinion about this case specifically, is that, you know, you made your money, you had your fun. From the very beginning, you kind of knew that this dancer could have been lying and that this tea was not, you know, real tea. um But you didn't take the video down because you really felt like, she didn't have a case and there you know that she couldn't touch you and you felt untouchable and I feel like that is the reason why Cardi has poured millions of dollars into this lawsuit into a legal team and taking it as far as she's taking it because I really feel like she does want to make an example of the things that are going on and she doesn't want it to continue especially as her kids get older to have these kind of rumors circulating about their mom um you know and I I it's crazy. I I really am curious to see how the case goes, um, and where it goes from here. But I just think you know, I'm just urging my fellow podcasters that listen to, uh, T Talk or whatever other um, celebrity gossip sites that you listen to, just to be careful because this kind of thing could be a career ender. If she's ordered to pay, uh, Cardi B, whatever it is, she's ordered to pay. It's it's gonna take a hit um, to her channel, to her character, to, you know, her integrity, you know, how people look at the news that she reports, if something this big has been debunked, it's, it's going to get messy, but it's, it's, you know, it's a groundbreaking, this is groundbreaking, um, it's a groundbreaking lawsuit and it opens up the conversation, you know, how far is too far if you get that cease and desist, do you feel obligated to, because I know for me personally, if I ever got a cease and desist, that'd be the end of that. I would literally just take the whole episode down, (laughs) not even a section, the entire episode down, (laughs) because, um, you know, in addition to having to pay the judgment, she might also be on the hook to pay for Cardi's legal team. And it would just be, whoo, Nobody has to. Nobody has the money to deal with that. Nobody has the time. Nobody has the mental capacity. Lawsuits are very long. They're very costly, very traumatic, all the above. And, um, you know, I just wonder if she could turn back time talking about Tasha, if she would just go ahead and just delete the video and, and live, you know, and have her channel live and survive to make more videos about other topics um, versus kind of putting her line in the sand there guess we'll never know. All right, guys, I guess we'll cut it off there. Uh, stay tuned for the outro topics. Okay, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. As you can tell, I have talked so much this episode <laughs> that I barely have a voice anymore. But I just want to thank you guys for sharing the podcast, liking, engaging in the polls, all the things that you do to help grow our little community. As always, Arrest the Cops That Kill Brianna Taylor. We won't stop until she has the justice that she deserves. Have a beautiful day or night, wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye!